Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. If a client came to you for 100 sessions, their insurance company would probably give a utilization review. <laughs> it's a good thing that you're not billing your insurance to listen to us because we're now at 100 episodes. Woohoo! <laughs> 100 episodes of the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Whithelm. My co-host is Katie Vernoy, and we want to just start this episode with thank you for listening to us, continue to listen to us, all of your feedback, whether you leave it wherever your podcasts are, you're leaving us reviews there, whether you're emailing us, hitting us up on our social media stuff. We're really glad for the feedback that you guys give us. It's 100 episodes. It's a lot. It is a lot. And part of what we do as therapists kind of naturally, whether it's in our own work, whether it's about our work, we go through kind of a self-reflective process. And we did a self-reflection after our Therapy Reimagined 2018 conference, just about the conference. But we kind of wanted to go through kind of our process of looking back on 99 episodes to talk about kind of some of the things that we've learned along the way about ourselves, about how we've really stuck with some of our principles, maybe shifted away from others. We don't know. Like We're just shooting from the hip at this point. I think that the way that I feel like we're approaching this episode is really, I wrote down questions. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And I like that because I think it will be more honest than if we have this trite planned. And this is what we've learned about being podcasters. Because I think for me, this process has been more emotional than I thought it would be to be a podcaster. I think it's become much more personal. I feel like it's it's fed something within me that I've needed for a long time because I love this this modality. I love to be able to talk to you and to our guests, but also to our audience because I think it's an important conversation or important series of conversations that we need to have. But I don't want to be too pat or whatever in, in our hundred episode, uh, you know, analysis. I want us to just be shooting from the hip. So I'm glad that we're doing that way, I guess, long way around to that. Definitely. So kind of just starting on this off, this is more or less us interviewing each other about us. So this is team Curdy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really about us being us and kind of looking at everything. So looking back when we were first starting this, what what do you wish that we would have known? That we didn't need to do 25 weeks of two episodes a week. <laughs> oh, yes. I... <laughs> that was so much. It was so, I don't know how we did it. Like, like that was so much work. 
and there when we did drop down to one episode a week we had several of our listeners being like we we can't listen as fast as you guys are producing stuff stop it and <laughs> one of the things that we can see is our our listenership numbers and we really did struggle with well, when we dropped to one episode a week our our listenership numbers are going to drop yes and and there was some anxiety around that and i think that that actually does parallel a lot of things that happen in our business is Mm -hmm. that if we stop doing something, we're going to lose something that is sustaining us and keeping us going, even if it's unmanageable or unsustainable. Well, and it was, and it was not real. I mean, I I guess that's, that's too, too sharp. I think it's, it was something where having that much content, I think we did show the breadth and the depth of what we wanted to talk about. We were able to have a lot of really cool conversations with a lot of people but having listeners not be able to keep up and the fact that they were trying to just blows me away. But I think the numbers were based on, oh, we have the same person listening twice versus two people listening to one episode, <laughs> you know? And so it wasn't, it was a false, false kind of forward momentum. And and I think that panned out in that we, our numbers started going up almost immediately, even though we halved the number of episodes. So I think to me, it was something where being able to, identify this is actually how we can operate best. This is how we're going to provide the best content, I think was way stronger. And I think the product has improved. Obviously, you know, just as we've grown as podcasters, I think that's improved. But I think for me, knowing that we're doing it at a pace that's more sustainable, more but not maybe 100% (laughs) sustainable. But I think that we're we're much more in alignment with what we talk about, which is kind of that balance and being able to take care of ourselves while we're still doing things. And I, you know, and I think when you're talking about that kind of parallel for me, I immediately thought about the people that take a ton of clients at a sliding scale and they're worried their income's going to go down when they start really holding to a full fee or something. And and so it's, it's something where I feel like that was a natural developmental step. What, what's the biggest thing that you feel like you've learned? Since I edit on the tech end of things, yes. and we've evolved quite a bit in some of the equipment that we use, our very early episodes where, and I'm not going to get too technical on this kind of stuff, but our early episodes where it was two of us and a guest all recording to one single track and trying to <laughs> edit around background noise from one person or the other to now, and I've even had a couple of listeners point out of the equipment that we're able to use when we're recording in person sounds so much better mm-hmm. than when we're doing things over online communication sort of stuff. And so through all of this editing process, what I have really learned is being able to hear my own voice over and over and being able to give up on the unimportant things to edit out. I used to be very vigilant about making sure that we sounded as smart as we could be and taking out every um and every ah and every pause and then realizing that it wasn't as natural. And And, it's not authentic. And it's not authentic. And in a weird way, it also brings up the deliberate practice of going about what we do, which we espouse for everybody to do as part of their practice. But I believe that we're both better speakers, being able to say things off the cuff in a lot more natural way and being able to own that and being just much more present with who we are throughout the entire process. I think in the podcast, as well as in person, there are definitely times when I feel those 
podcast muscles coming up when I'm speaking about something. It's it's kind of the formulation of the argument. There's the way that I'm speaking about it. There's the different pieces. And I think even just that nuance of not 100% of the time, I hope I'm getting better at this because I'm not doing as much of the deliberate practice with not doing most of the editing, but but not completely thinking out loud and having my thoughts kind of swirl in a circle. I feel like I'm trying to get more to the point, be more thoughtful and have a little bit more of an internal dialogue before I have an external dialogue. And I think that's actually showing up in the conversations I'm having, having elsewhere, which is cool because I think to me, being able to communicate well, especially as a therapist, as a speaker, as a person that wants to communicate my big message to the world, I think it's it's really good practice to be doing this type of work every single week. What is one of your favorite moments around where we've come from so far? A favorite moment? Whether it's an episode, whether it's a response to an episode. This is the weirdest thing, though. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's other ones that I could come up with, but the one that popped into my mind when you were saying it was standing at the conference and I felt like my hair was on fire. So I don't remember who I was talking to. So I apologize to the person who came up to me and said this, or there might've been a few people that came up and said it, but somebody coming up to me who I'd never met, which was the really surprising thing about the conference, because in the past I've done events and I've, I've known a lot of the people in the audience. Like, you know, I've been able to market and have people I don't know come, but typically I know a lot of the audience. Sure, sure. And so I have someone come up and say, are you Katie? And I say, yes. And I feel like a rock star now. Like, oh, somebody knows who I am. And of course, it's our conference. So of course, you know, people know who we are. And just starting to tell me the importance of our work on the podcast and how it has helped her to really develop as a clinician. And I think a newer clinician, maybe even a student, but being but coming up to me and just really feeling called to tell me how powerful the podcast is and it was at that moment, and so this was how many months ago, six months ago, I realized this is fun. It kind of serves this performance and this larger, you know, kind of message piece, but it's also really important and really impacting the people who are connected to it. And that felt so like in all of that stress in the conference, and you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, definitely. But in all of that stress and the overwhelm, it was our first conference. We were doing way more than we should. Here's somebody that comes up and says, what you're doing matters to our profession and to me personally. And maybe that's not a big deal, but it felt huge in that moment that there was somebody that that we had helped by having these conversations where we're sometimes snarky and sometimes serious and sometimes, you know, hilarious (laughs) (laughs) when i asked you your favorite moment and i was kind of sitting here thinking well what's mine Mm -hmm. and it's weirdly not the one that i would think it is but it was the way that we created the therapist safety episode oh yeah and we we were traveling for a board meeting for our association and in the wake of the shooting in Yountville, one of the people on the trip with us suggested that we make an episode around the response to the shooting there. And from the time of that suggestion to researching, recording it, and 
publishing it was a matter of hours. That, yeah. I, and at, at the time, I think we were still making two episodes a week. Yes. But a couple of things make that episode really kind of stand out to me. One is that we were emotional. Yes. We owned kind of where we were at with our feelings. I don't know if we owned it so much as we we experienced it yes. as, as we were experiencing it in real life. Part of what makes that also one of my favorite episodes is that in the weeks after that, the family of one of the people who was a victim in that attack reached out to us and thanked us for the recognition that we had given. And no, totally not a part of our audience, but no. that it did extend beyond who our intended audience is and that it did make a meaningful impact even outside of the the therapists themselves. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that when you were asking the question. And I think that is also a very powerful moment for me for the very same reason. I think it's it's something where the episodes that we've gotten to that place of being able to express our emotions or or even some early feedback that we were agreeing too much and we needed to kind of show our separate opinions more and not come in as a united front on what we should do. But in in us being fully ourselves and fully present with what we're talking about, what's happening in the world, I feel like those are the episodes that hit me most and I think also get the most response from our listeners. Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate upfront. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end -end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. And this even comes up about some of the stuff that we talk about kind of at, at our growth edges even, or things that we don't necessarily have all of the answers to. And there's so much that we try to do that has a function or has a direction for people to go, but sometimes we don't necessarily have all of the answers to things, or there's not answers to things. Yeah. And you know, I, I was really surprised in the clients attracted to therapist feedback that we got, <laughs> like that, you know, this is something where it's, it, it's come up at points in our career, mm -hmm. but there was a lot more feedback to us on that episode, like right after the episode than on a lot of our other episodes. And it really resonated with people. And I felt like it was something where we had an idea, but we didn't really necessarily feel going into that recording that we had that definite, like, here's a how to. Yeah. Well, and I think it was something where even in the conversation, I think we were still sorting through it. And to me, 
the responses around that and the fact that we could be a bit messier or even not necessarily even understanding exactly what each other were saying for pieces of it, but that we were able to get, I guess, enough discussed and enough opened up that people felt like it was a helpful conversation. I guess it was kind of surprising to me, but I also recognize that there's a lot of this stuff that people just don't talk about. And it's surprising to me that there's not more people having these conversations, but maybe it's just this. these are the conversations we have and it's worthwhile that we share them. Another really good response, and one that I was glad that we were able to lean into, is last week's episode with Yan Lee. Mm-hmm. And you know, recognizing that we make mistakes too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I, I started off last week's episode with, you know, I'm, we're being confronted with this thing, and I <laughs> and I did it completely as a joke. And I I think that, you know, this is some stuff that we welcome. That while we might be able to speak with a lot of authority from our collective experiences or our interests or even our connections to other people, mm-hmm. in some of the more difficult conversations that we have, we really do appreciate not needing to be the experts on everything mm-hmm. and that we we talk about everything that we're doing with the therapy reimagined conference about being a therapy movement and yeah. if we're the catalyst to get people to be confident to stand up for things that they think are missing that's really overall why we appreciate the action step of what all of you are doing what you're all capable of doing and even to make that action step towards us to make us better, I think is what makes this community so awesome is that we love your feedback. It it helps us to improve as people. And if we're serving in whatever capacity for inspiration for all of you, great. Give us that feedback. And as I think we did pretty well, at least from my opinion, in our response to Yin Lee's come help us help us know where where we need to keep moving things and i think although both of us are intelligent although although both of us have had a lot of experience in the field we don't know what we don't know and i think there's been a number of times and i think we could have edited out some things i think we could have had we could have had different conversations or or avoided certain conversations but i'm proud of the conversations that we've had over the the year plus where we've done these 100 episodes where we've been able to kind of make mistakes and be corrected and then have the healing conversation i i'm thinking specifically of our conversation with abby wiseman and I think at certain points in that conversation, both of us kind of had some missteps in how we talked about transgender or how we talked about, you know, some of the things Mm -hmm. that Abby was bringing up. And Abby very generously and graciously corrected us and we were able to have the conversation and then talk about how we continue to have those conversations. Because I think for me, I have, and and I've realized this, I think this is part of the emotional aspect is I've realized that there are topics that we're talking about that I don't know that I've had as deeply or as vulnerably in my personal life or in my, you know, kind of close professional in-person sphere. And that's part of my preparation for our episodes, especially when we're kind of planning these more challenging or, or deep conversations. It's 
how much do I disclose? How much do I open up about my own insecurities with this topic? How much do I admit to? How much do I allow people to see that I'm a flawed human being that's that have that's made mistakes? And so to me, I think that's the part I was kind of referencing earlier was just this idea of this is a very vulnerable space and there are things that I've disclosed on the podcast <laughs> that I don't know that I've actually necessarily disclosed other places. There's these conversations that I've had and it's helped me to grow, but I think it's in getting feedback from people about how powerful it is that we do have these conversations. It encourages me to continue to do that. And I think I've experienced that growth in my professional work too, in the clinical work I do and the work that I'm doing with my consulting clients. I feel like I'm able to be more fully present because the desire to have these high quality, high impact conversations has have led me to step up more so than potentially I have before. What about surprises along the way? <laughs> I mean, other than the very high quality dad jokes that I tend to <laughs> weave in, uh, my favorite is the Toxic Work Environments episode of... Staph infections. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there definitely have been some surprising dad jokes. Um, I think part of the surprise is that my level of vulnerability. I feel like, you know, a lot of people see me as a private person. Um, I think I've been surprised that people listen every week. That we have we have listeners that, that come and kind of give us feedback on every single episode, besides our moms. Yes. <laughs> How about you? What surprises have you what surprises have you experienced while we've been doing this? I think the biggest surprise for me is when we were first learning how to podcast. We we were going through Melvin Varghese's How to Build Therapy Podcast. The Healthcasters course. The Healthcasters course. <laughs> we'll we'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> and one of the pieces of advice that he had given at that time was don't speak negatively about the field. And half of our episodes are roughly us speaking negatively about <laughs> something in the field. And that it's really helping the field be vulnerable about itself in order to improve itself. Mm -hmm. So kind of taking what you're talking about, but more on kind of a meta level. Mm -hmm. And that people are jumping into this with us and saying, you know what? You're right. And I mean, I have no problem believing that I'm right most of the time anyway, yes. but I, I'm surprised at the sustained response that people are having towards wanting to change the system for the better for therapists, for clients, and the overall sort of attitudes about therapy in general. Yeah. I mean, I think the people that we're connecting to, I think especially because I'm always surprised with the international listenership. Hello, everyone. Um, Guten Tag. <laughs> um, but the fact that we've got listenership so far and wide and in the people who've joined the Facebook group, who have come to the conference, people who've reached out to us via Instagram or emails or like our little contact form on our website, like the people who are reaching out to us, whatever way that they are reaching out to us. It feels so empowering to have so many like-minded people who also disagree on stuff, but like-minded as far as innovation and technology and diversity and authenticity and all those things, the people who want to do high-quality work and who want to 
incorporate all these things that aren't necessarily trained in, you know, in our therapist schools that we're here because I think it can be very hard, especially because I mean, I was trained earlier than you and there's my cohort or whatever is in a different space than yours or from a lot of our listeners. And hearing so many people and connecting with so many people who are embracing these things helps me to feel more connected. And the fact that people are having this sustained involvement it's just exciting and weird. Like, why would why do they want to listen to us? <laughs> why are they talking with us? <laughs> you know, like that's you know that's the imposter syndrome. But I think it's that idea of like, what is it about what we're saying that's so compelling? And I think we're super compelled by it. So I guess you know it's nice that you guys are too. But I think it's that piece of like, wow, like we've touched a, a nerve here, and the people who are talking with us about it are really excited to talk with us about it. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. As we look towards our next 100 episodes, and we did this a little bit as far as our setting goals at, at the beginning of this year. How do you see us continuing to grow? Because this is definitely an attitude that we laid out to our conference speakers this year is we don't want the same old stuff. We want to show movement. We want to show growth. How are we really growing as we continue to go forward? And you know, while you're thinking of that, some of the stuff that we did lay out in our setting goals episode at the beginning of the year are a lot more comprehensive episodes that just take a lot more background work. There's a lot of our episodes where we're able to sit and just kind of talk off the cuff for a while. And we're working on some ones where it's interviews with multiple people across multiple stages. It's You're going to see some different formatting stuff from us in the future on a couple of episodes where we have interviews and then we'll be separately talking about those interviews and piecing that together as episodes as well. It's kind of scratching an itch for me of really being able to tackle some of the larger systemic issues within our field, not just talk about them, but to make some meaningful advances in those conversations. How do you see us continuing to grow? Well, I think for me in, you know, kind of we're together in this room today, partly because we've been looking at the call for, you know, the proposals from the call for speakers. And the thing that kept coming back to me is, is this something that could be at any conference? Is this something that could be any conversation in any clinical space? And if it was that, I wasn't as excited about it. And I think part of how we grow is we have the conversations that only we can have. We and not necessarily only we meaning you and I, mm-hmm. but or you and me. But I think looking at what are the conversations that are specifically the modern therapist conversations? What are the conversations that are so important for our community to hear? Because some of the, I mean, I, I think back to some of the podcast episodes, I like them all. They're like children. I probably should like them equally, but I don't. But I, I think that there are, 
We love some of our episodes more equally than we love the other ones. <laughs> but I think it, it's something where the the conversations that I felt were very much unique to us and unique to the what we're putting out into the world, I felt were stronger than the ones that could be on any therapist marketing podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and I think some of it's how we approach things. I think it's the clinical connection. I think it's the grounding in laws and ethics. I think it's pulling some of these other things. So some of the conversations are expansions on what other people are talking about. But for me, it's listen, more listener-driven content, answering the questions that our listeners have. I think it's these deeper researched kind of multi-formatted episodes that really dig deeper into it. It's more almost journalism versus let's say mm-hmm. you and I talk for 30 minutes on something. But to me, even kind of the guiding principles of what we're talking about, I feel like there are ways that we're approaching things. And I want us to really be very thoughtful to do that and to choose who comes on our podcast based on those principles as well, to really talk about how we put out our episodes, given this is something that only, not only we're talking about, but only we're taking this tack, this this approach, this perspective. Yeah, I was thinking back on some of our very, very early episodes where nobody knew us. <laughs> some of our very early guests, uh, you know, Ernesto and Maureen, who were just eager to help us grow from nothing. Amazing. And you know, we didn't know what we didn't know at that time. And we we've improved a lot. But I think as we've become more of a known pairing in all of of these conversations and really now also knowing who we're talking with a lot more and having a lot more of our understanding of who we're bringing in to talk about things has definitely in my mind helped us go from curious explorers to thought drivers. I I don't know that I'm comfortable embracing that we're thought leaders by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination, but Speaking to your place of we have our place to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And when we have talking about applications for speaking at our conference of people who present us with, hey, I have this really good clinical talk that I want to do at your conference. And we're like, you're a great speaker. That's not the space for this. Yeah. And to really. Amazing clinical talks. Like, wow. Wow. And to <laughs> to really be able to say, you know, this is our space and this is what all of you listening really want and to really come in and to have, have a space for us to, no matter what our backgrounds are, that we recognize that we all each bring our, our own coolness to therapy and to be able to make that really a... You know, we're we're not an organization where we have members. We we have we have audience, but it doesn't feel right to call it audience. That you're modern therapists along with us. Yes. And to come and to have a space where we can be modern therapists together, and to really embrace that—that's why this is different. And that's really—I didn't know that we would see this through in the way that we have. Mm-hmm. And when we very originally talked about, hey, let's let's do this podcast, it was kind of to to 
drive the conference. I think, yeah, it's kind of ironic. We started a podcast because we needed to be able to market our conference. And in truth, they both are kind of these separate entities that have a life of their own and they support each other. They nurture each other, but they're very different. Some, in some ways, they're even different audiences. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so to me, this marketing plan for a conference has become really very, very important as its own separate beast. To kind of close up today. You know, we, we sit here with our 100 episodes. Uh, it's so awesome that you are all sticking through this with us. And we do really sincerely appreciate all of the feedback that you give us, all of the support that you give us. You know, we ask you to leave reviews for us. That's awesome. Our, our episode sponsors who help us actually mm -hmm. fund what we're doing, please support them, you know, without their contributions. That's what allows us to continue to do this and mm -hmm. provide content week in and week out for everybody, you know, support our sponsors that that's really what helps us continue to do things. Definitely come to the conference. Totally. Um, <laughs> it's like the most party worthy CEUs that you could probably get. I think that's probably true. And so that's going to be here in October. Uh, you can find out all of that stuff on our website, mtsgpodcast.com. You can find our show notes. We'll include some links to some of our old episodes here as well. But, you know, really, honestly, just thank you all for, for helping us to get to 100 episodes. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been awesome. And until episode 101, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months.